This episode of Nomade Athlete Radio is brought to you by Element, the electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. Yep, that means a lot of salt and zero sugar. Try it today for just the cost of shipping. Go to drinkelement.com slash athlete. That's drinklmnt.com slash athlete. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% today when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. everybody, it's Doug from Nomad Athlete Radio, and today we have another awesome anime chat, this time with one of my favorite accounts to follow on YouTube and Instagram, Cheap Lazy Vegan. Um, the creator of Cheap Lazy Vegan, Rose Lee, is joining us, is joining Matt Tolman for this chat, and, and they go into all kinds of fun topics, including some of her favorite easy, accessible recipes. So with that, let's just jump right into the interview. Are we going? We are, is this happening? We are live, Rose. Okay. Yes, we are. Um, this will be the the most uh, stressful introduction ever because I have to say you're the cheap, lazy vegan. Yes. And that sounds really bad. It does it. <laughs> like I don't think. But I, it's, I don't it's feel self-proclaimed. Good you cheap, cheap, lazy vegan. You know, I mean, the vegan it's part I think it. is a, <laughs> a nice thing, right? I've had people being like, "Are you the cheap, easy vegan?" And I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> So that's worse. <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, I should also say that's not, you know, the the full introduction, right? You are mm-hmm. a, a podcaster, a YouTuber, a restaurateur, an author, a recipe formulator. You you do quite a few things, but your brand, which I think is a fantastic branding decision, because you know, who doesn't identify a little bit with the cheap lazy vegan brand is under that umbrella but but you do so much i'm so excited to dig into all of it and thankful for you spending a little bit of your afternoon with us well thank you for having me i'm honored (laughs) so so where where to begin how about the beginning how did you uh i guess there's two beginnings right um many beginnings (laughs) uh, we're not gonna go all the way back sure have that much time but uh, let's let's focus on uh, one beginning, uh, which is how did you uh, decide to make this transition with your diet? If mm-hmm. you don't mind sharing, I think everyone's just kind of curious to know where we're all coming from. We have such uh, unique stories in that regard. Uh, and then the second beginning of uh, how did you decide to start a YouTube channel? If I'm not mistaken, that's that was the first thing you did, and then that's obviously growing and we can we can talk about the restaurant which I'd love to because that's obviously uh um, I'm sure a very stressful and interesting job (laughs) right now in the time of COVID so um tell me yeah uh, take take your pick whatever makes sense whatever order we'll start with the vegan beginning uh so basically I um like most people did not eat vegan since birth I was uh full-on meat eating, full-on animal product eating. Um, I was born in Korea, so vegetarianism even was very far from my mind. And I I think the first time I thought about 
even vegetarianism was in university and I did a philosophy class and one of the topics discussed was animal rights. So I found that topic very interesting because it's not something that I've ever talked about with anybody or discussed with anybody. And I found the arguments for the animal rights side really like convincing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I've never thought about this before. You know, learning about speciesism and, you know, the problems with animal agriculture. Like I never even thought about that. So I was very fascinated. But of course, I didn't go vegan right away. But the plant, the the seed was planted, as they say. And so I thought about it a little bit, but then I went back to, you know, regular life. And and then a few years later, I read a book called Skinny Bitch. I'm sure you've heard of that. And that book was very much um, going into detail about what happens in factory farms. And uh, it was kind of packaged like a diet book, like lose weight book. But then it kind of went into veganism and climate change and all of those things. And I was really kind of taken aback. So I read that and then I stopped eating meat after reading that book. And then I did more research and then I watched Earthlings like maybe a month later and then I stopped eating pretty much everything except fish. So I was like pescatarian for a few years after that. And then eventually I moved to London um, for like a two year working holiday, uh, you know, just just so I could live abroad for a bit. So that was in 2014 when I moved to London and that's when I went vegan. Yes. That's kind of my story. Okay. Any comments? <laughs> so, Thoughts? so many. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so many, uh, but I think I'll, I'll keep it focused. Um, okay. Why, uh, when you're on holiday, most people, you know, take that as a time to splurge and relax and you want to try all these cuisines. Oh, I'm sure okay. you were close to Europe. Like, what was there something about London? Because London does have a thriving vegan community and some of the best mm -hmm. vegan restaurants certainly uh, that I've uh, gone to. So I'm, I'm curious, how, how did that kind of play into it? Either was it harder or did it make it easier? Well, I think so. I was on working holiday, which is basically not a holiday holiday. Yeah. Like I was living there for two years. So I was moving there, not just going, you know, for like a week. Right. So that's one thing. Um, second thing is that before I had moved, I was living with my parents. And I think that was one of the reasons that I was pescatarian for a long time, because, you know, th that's one of the struggles that a lot of people face is when they live with family, especially parents that, you know, my parents weren't unsupportive, but they were also like, you know, cooking most of the time and um they were kind of they were okay with the no meat thing and then when I was like no eggs and dairy they were like oh that's pushing it a little bit but then I kind of let them have it with the fish you know I was like okay I'm gonna eat the fish and then so I think when I had moved to London it was like a sign of you know me becoming more independent so that's one big reason so I was like okay well when I'm living alone I'm not gonna cook fish so it's kind of like that kind of transition happened and yeah. So to me, it was, I think it was easier because I was, you know, um, I was in a new space. I was by myself. I, I didn't have anyone to answer to. I was cooking for myself. So yeah. And London has better options than, you know, where I live. So even at that time, now it's exploded. And I kind of wish I was there when like it exploded. Uh, I just left and then it started like picking up and everywhere started selling vegan things. I was like, oh, but um, yeah, at the time it was um, still a little bit more modest, but better than most cities, I would say. Yeah. 
Fair enough. So, so help me connect the dots. You've, mm. You're liberated uh, <laughs> and you're in the UK and sure. you've become vegan. What, what was the journey between there and your first YouTube video? Okay. So funny enough, I actually started on Instagram, <laughs> not on YouTube, but I, the YouTube thing took off, whereas the Instagram thing did not. Right. So basically for, and I wasn't, you know, Instagram, um, I was just kind of posting random pictures of, you know, my, you know, very sad looking meals that, I mean, maybe they weren't that sad, but you know, in the beginning I was very, very lazy. I was like extra lazy and I didn't really know how to cook. So that's kind of, I think how I came up with the name cheap, lazy vegan, because I had just moved to London and London is very expensive. So, um, and I wasn't making much money. So it was kind of like, um, you know, I was like, oh, let's just be really cheap with my food. And, and I'm also very lazy. So that's kind of how I came up with the name. And so I started that Instagram account randomly. And I started just posting random pictures when I had first moved to London. And then a year later, um, I don't know what compelled me to start the YouTube, but I think I was watching, I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was watching a lot of vegan YouTube and I just kind of was like, oh, I kind of want to, you know, talk about this topic. I kind of want to give my two cents on this topic. I kind of want to do these like what I ate in a day videos. So that's kind of, I don't know. I just like started it and then it just kind of took off. So many questions. <laughs> so many um, questions. Okay. <laughs> were you, were you a, uh, a media gal growing up like did you you know did your parents give you a camera when you were seven like so many of these other YouTube sensations and like you can totally connect the dots it's like oh well of course like they've been taking pictures and like living out loud I mean I'm sure my I have uh nephews who are like seven and eleven or so uh and like they've you know they, they've been using social media like since they were born I mean I can't imagine I have two kids and uh you know, my, my son like knows where to find the play button on the phone. Right. He's two years old and he can oh, totally gosh. play things. Like he knows where to find like Instagram. He knows if he swipes up, he'll see more. Like, I mean, that, oh, my God. It, is, it is so intuitive. Right. And like, obviously uh -huh. he gets the sensory hit when he gets to see more pictures. So like it, it builds that, that behavior, that muscle memory. And like, so he doesn't know what he's looking at most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually I, I follow a lot of food people. So I guess maybe he does, but anyway, I'm just curious, like was your upbringing kind of always leading you to this or was it totally out of the blue? Like your first video was like cringeworthy because you know <laughs> what you're doing. Like tell, tell me a little bit about the background. Okay. Well, um, the first video is cringy. Uh, regardless of uh, the uh, background, but I, well, I don't know. W growing up, my dad was in, um, when we were in Korea, he was working at a uh, broadcasting company. He did do that, but I wasn't super like involved in any of that, but I think maybe uh, the creativity side um, I got from my dad, maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, I've always been the type to be a little bit more like I've, I was into like art and music. And so that kind of creative side, I think I was like into anything creative. So that could have been it. And I've always loved YouTube ever since uh, I knew what YouTube was ever since it came out. I loved the idea of people making videos, just, just random people making random videos and putting it out. Um, so I've always loved that. 
And I did like little vlogs on YouTube. Like before I did Cheap Lazy Vegan, I would do like, um, you know, just me doing random things. Am I allowed to swear, by the way? No, maybe sure. not. Okay. Yeah. Just in case. I just wanted to ask. Not that I was going to swear. I was like, uh, anyway. It's, a, it's the so, hardest thing in the world for me not to. So I feel you. Right? Gonna... I know. <laughs> I'll try not to. But um, yeah, just, yeah, I, I think I've always liked the idea of, I guess, uh, user created content, just that kind of stuff. So it wasn't completely random because I was already, you know, making random videos of me traveling and doing stuff. And I kind of wanted to collect memories that way. So yeah, the first video on Cheap Lazy Vegan wasn't necessarily, you know, the first video on my on YouTube from me, um, but it was the, you know, first video of the vegan stuff from my, yes. Am I making sense? Absolutely. Okay, so good. <laughs> at what point, like, did you come at this with like a master plan and you're like triangulating <laughs> no. the market and you're saying like, there's a gap. Oh my gosh, cheap, no. Lazy vegan food you know minimalist recipes quick and easy and like you know just or or was it just sort of like you know late at night and <laughs> you needed a name and you're like I don't know cheap lazy vegan yeah it's it's probably more toward that second thing where it was just kind of like I was probably sitting in like uh, the tube or something and I was like cheap lazy vegan sounds good it wasn't necessarily a uh, strategy. But I do think I probably did think at that time, I probably was thinking, I feel like, you know, what's on YouTube is not really reflective of, you know, my experience, you know, of like, buying really cheap groceries and like making really easy meals. Like one of the things that I found um, challenging, especially at that time was that a lot of recipes that I would look at, it'd be like, just really long and tedious. And I'm just like, like I don't want to do this you know, and I'm like, you know, it's, I'm just too lazy for this. <laughs> so I think it was more so just like my experience of looking at recipes and thinking, okay, this, it doesn't have to be like this. And um, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't a strategy. I don't think I had much of a strategy. In fact, when I started the channel, now it's become like a recipe channel, right? But at first I was not intending on making it a recipe channel because I didn't, I wasn't very good at cooking. <laughs> But for some reason, it just kind of became one because people liked the cooking stuff for some very odd reason. Yes. Well, so that answers a question that I was going to get to. And, and right. that is, did you grow up cooking? Are you, you know, like from a, <laughs> no. uh, so, so, okay. So you kind of stumbled your way into this and, and then it just took off. Why do you think it took off? I mean, is it... I know I'm I'm asking you to to be self-reflective and and right. I'm certain it's just because of your you know magnetic energy. Um, <laughs> but if you had to guess, like wh why what what is it that people liked about cheap, easy you know largely Asian vegan recipes? Is, is it you're just better at it than anyone else? No, 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 no. That's not it. Um, I think that. Well, initially, I think it's the name that catches people. Uh, I think, like you said, it's it's quite relatable in a lot of ways. Um, if they can't relate with cheap, they can relate with lazy. And if they can't relate with either, then they're vegan, you know? So it's it definitely, I, th I think at that time, especially, which I started my channel in 2015. And because there definitely was that kind of gap in the market in terms of YouTube 
channels. Um, a lot of people were like, you know, raw vegan at the time or, you know, not necessarily making very easy recipes or very, you know, accessible, affordable recipes. So I think at that time, it was definitely something that people were, you know, missing, I guess the internet was missing maybe. So I think that's part of it. And, um, I also did a few videos where I think, again, at that time, maybe there wasn't enough. Um, I would do like meal prep videos at that time because I used to meal prep because I used to work at an office and I would meal prep so that I could save money. And also it's healthier, all that stuff. So I would make videos doing that. And that kind of, you know, took off. And I also did a challenge at that time. I remember it was like how to live on one pound a day or something along those lines. Or maybe it was like, maybe it was like one, um, like 1.5 pounds a day, something like that. And then I did like a series of me eating and making very, very affordable meals. And that took off. So yeah, it's like a mixture combination of a lot of different things, I think. All right, everybody, Doug, jumping back in to thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Element, the electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. As athletes, we know that electrolytes are critical for feeling and performing our best. They help with muscle cramps, fatigue, and so much more. But a lot of electrolyte drinks are filled with artificial ingredients, coloring, sugar, inter-element, free-foam, all of that junk. If you look at the the nutrient nutrient package of Element, it really is pretty much just salt, just sodium. It, it, it does exactly what you want. It gives, brings you the electrolytes that you're looking for for those long runs, for um, those long rides, for when you just need an extra boost of hydration. Element is used by NFL teams, NBA players and coaches, and by moms, dads, and weekend warriors looking for an extra hydration during a workout, including myself. I use it. I love it. Try Element totally risk-free today if you don't like it share it with a salty friend and and uh and they'll give you your money back no questions asked element is offering something very special to the nomad athlete audience you can get an element sample pack with the four flavors free when you pay for shipping which i think is just about five dollars in the u.s go to drinkelement.com slash nomad athlete that's drink lmnt.com slash nomad athlete stay salty and this episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Every day there's a new wellness trend. Eat that, do this, avoid those. But how do you know where to start and who do you trust? Inside Tracker cuts through all the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide a personalized, science backed, trackable action plan for how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. Their blood tests include biotrackers that are key for performance that you don't get from traditional blood, blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that you don't just get the data. They provide you with all the nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action, which I think is a critically important because lots of times you can get a blood test. They come back, you know, some, some, of, your, uh, some of your trackers are maybe yellow or red and, you, and you're worried about it, but you don't really know what to do. They provide you that action plan. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering Nomad Athlete Radio listeners 25% off their entire store. Go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. No code. All you have to do is go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Changes an inside job. Start inside. And with that, let's get back to the chat with Rose Lee from Cheap Lazy Vegan. So what? So what is your recommendation? If you had to, if I had to put you on the spot, what's your go-to 
cheap, lazy vegan meal? <laughs> what, like, what's your favorite dish? Oh my gosh. Everyone asks me my favorite dish and I'm just like, I have no idea what my favorite dish is. Um, I think it changes all the time, but I think if it, in terms of cheap, I had a lot of chili, a lot of pasta, like pasta is really cheap and it's, um, you know what I mean, right? (laughs) Like it's so cheap. It's very heavily accessible around the world. Um, it's very versatile, um, I, I can't think of a specific meal, but because there's so many, but I think in the very beginning I would eat lots of pasta, lots of chili because it was easy and it's just like one pot. You really can't mess it up. Um, yeah, those are probably the things that I relied on, especially the most when I was living in London. Yeah. And for those who don't cook, uh, like <laughs> you, maybe they're just starting out or rather when you were starting out, sure. um, What's your number one recommendation? They're just totally intimidated by the uh, the kitchen. Uh, what's your number one aside from going and subscribing to Cheap Lazy Vegan, where you'll <laughs> you know uh, hold their hand and teach them uh, all of your ways? But but what's your what's your other number one recommendation? I think I would start with um, yeah, like easy, like the easiest possible recipes. I would start with that, like maybe one pot meals, uh, like chili, for example, or soups, things that like uh, don't require too much attention. I always look for, at least when I first started, and I still do this now, actually, I always look for um, shorter ingredients lists and shorter uh, instructions because the longer the instructions, like I'm just not going to pay attention after, you know, the fourth instruction. So I just need very short uh, ingredients, very short instructions. And yeah, um, I think that's that's kind of what I looked for in the very beginning, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I certainly agree with that, except I'm so bad at following recipes that I don't even get to the instructions. I just look right. at the ingredient list oh. and kind of assume that I'll figure <laughs> it out from there. Does it work? Um, well, you know, you got to be careful with the type of, of recipes you're attempting. Um, but I've uh-huh. been baking through this quarantine right. quite a bit. And, Bread, uh, sourdough. So have you been doing the sourdough? I, I did not get into sourdough. <laughs> I have to I have to admit, everyone else on our team did. There's like, you know, our it's Slack a thing. channels, people share, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Super impressive. No, um, muffins. I've been trying to hack my way uh, my my wife loves uh, muffins, and so I have been trying to figure out like the healthiest while still edible muffin possible. Sure. And uh, so I use our complement protein, which uh, you know is a, a very clean protein, even one that I would give to my little boys. Mm. And uh, we also don't eat gluten. My wife has an intolerance, and so we all oh, just wow. hopped on the bandwagon. So that adds a little bit of complexity. So trying to figure out gluten-free, like kind of somewhat lower sugar muffins that are still edible. Um, edible. Been, yeah. My, <laughs> like every weekend I take another stab at it and, and, uh, and they're, they're getting better for sure. But How like many said, times have you attempted? <laughs> less than 20 for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. My entire life. Um, okay. Yeah. Probably less than 15. But but more and more frequently, that's why I actually bring it up because. Uh, right. I just, uh, but I'm but I'm like really bad at this process because I don't plan ahead. It's just you know I'll have yeah. 
my my boys with me and I'll need something to do and and they love throwing things in the pot makes a tremendous mess flour (laughs) everywhere you know coconut shreds everywhere bananas smushed all over (laughs) everything um but they enjoy it and uh um, but, uh, I'm always forgetting to plan ahead, right. Cause I just can't yes. do it when I need to fill some time with them with some fun activity. Um, and so I'm always missing something, right. <laughs> so like I yeah. was missing the, the rolled oats, the oatmeal yesterday, right. you know, or whatever it was last weekend. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, you know, I had to improvise, right. Like we ran out of sugar. So I was like, all right, I'm going right. to grate an apple into this thing and just see how that oh my turns God. out, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, we're out of agave, maple syrup and sugar in the household. So that is a problem. Um, I don't know how that would happen all at once. Yeah, my, my wife, uh, told me I should use jam, which would have been super smart. I did not mm. think of that and said shredded an apple, which I think is obviously healthier. Right. Um, so yes, anyway, definitely. Those are mine, but never once look at the instructions. Really? Wow. Put it all into the pot, <laughs> mix it up and then okay. put it into. Well, with baking, <laughs> the baking thing is a little bit like, I guess it makes sense with baking because you just do dry ingredients and wet ingredients and then mix it together. Usually. Right. 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 But, but I mean, I, who knows? But, but why do you do that? I, I don't know. Asked, oh, you don't okay. do the separate. No, I know. Well, because supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I mean, with baking, I'm also not a very good baker. I don't bake too much. But I think with baking, um, the reason why this is my this is my theory. I don't know the truth, but I think it's because when you mix all of it together, it's not necessarily going to mix properly. It's easier to mix the dry and then and then mix the wet so that it all mixes. It all combines well right. because they're very different, like in terms of the. Com- com- compounds I don't know what I'm saying but you know what I mean yeah it's very different yeah. you've got the the dry and then the wet and then yeah I would ima- <laughs> that's my I would guess imagine that that would be better I have to be more strategic though and think about what do I want my son to eat while I'm trying to make oh, the other parts so okay. you get like a little cup where I'm like I put the <laughs> you know like this recipe calls for olive oil so I'll put a little olive oil Right. Or like baking soda, all the stuff that I don't really want him to be eating with his hands. Uh-huh. And then like, you know, shredded coconut, bananas and like, you know, oatmeal. I'll put all that stuff in his big bowl. Uh, and I it, see. inevitably he eats like half of it. So the ratios are always <laughs> off. Right. Or, or like if I was adding a little sugar, which I'm now, you know, I'm, I'm actually sticking to my shredded apple approach. No oh, more sugar. It worked. We're, yeah, we're. We're iterating, so, oh, so no more nice. sugar. Still doing a touch of maple syrup because I think there's something nice uh-huh. about that. Uh, but again, I keep that out so Mateo, my son, doesn't just like, uh-huh. take handfuls of, you know. Well, it, um, it does complicate things when you have children that are helping. So Right, yeah. The precision yeah. is not there. but No, you know, not so I, much. Uh, so yeah, keep the baking soda separate so he's not you know, like... Uh, Eating the baking anyway. soda? Well, let yeah. me know if you get if you get that recipe perfected because I would like to try it. <laughs> I uh, well see, but here's my other thing. You know, kind of goes along with not following recipes. I never write. You don't it down. write it. Ah, oh, yeah. So like, I have a general sense now. Like, it's three bananas, uh-huh. like one shredded apple. You know, like I have a kind of right. a sense, and then you know, believe it or not, I uh, I the base I follow is a um, uh, carrot, like carrot banana nut muffin. Uh, okay. From the minimalist baker, great website. Right. And, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, never putting carrots, never putting nuts. Like I've just, 
I just use it to get a general sense of like the ratios. And yeah. Pretty much there. Okay. And, uh, it works to some extent. Anyway. Cool. Not to take us too far afield, <laughs> but um, speaking of baking, uh, yes. you started a restaurant, which you have to yeah. bring a lot of ingredients together into a restaurant, chefs, mm-hmm. ambiance, oh, design, okay, a bar, <laughs> and, then, and then it kind of coagulates and you have a restaurant and then COVID hits. So there's okay. a lot to talk there's about. There's a here. lot. There's a lot why to talk did, about. Why, so, let's start. Why did you start a restaurant? Okay. So I want to clarify. It's it's not really a restaurant. It's a it's a cafe. It's a very small okay. cafe. But I, I mean, you could call it a restaurant. It's food, you know. You, people, um, people go there to buy food from you. Yes, exactly. Okay, it's uh, but it's, it's it's a restaurant yeah. in my book. <laughs> it's more of a, you know, fast, I call it like fast, slow food because we do prep a lot of things like um, we make a lot of things from scratch, but we prep things so that people get the food quickly. So, um, yeah, so it's a ca- cafe slash restaurant. Um, and we so the story is funny because I was living in London again at the time when my mom decided to acquire this cafe. It was not a vegan cafe. It was under a different name and it was inside uh, the this fitness center. So it's like one of those kind of like juice bar, smoothie bar types of places that sold like sandwiches and stuff like that. And she acquired this and she's, you know, she bought the business and she started running it. And then I think like a year after, or maybe not even a year, but our economy crashed because our local economy uh, relies heavily on oil and gas. So uh, there was an oil and gas kind of crash a few years ago. And so a lot of people got laid off and just a lot of problems happened. So the cafe kind of became, um, you know, very slow compared to before. So, um, and my mom was dealing with this and then I had moved back a year later ish and I was kind of helping her out a little bit, but obviously I was focused on my YouTube channel as well. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of at the point where it was getting very, it was very slow. And I was like, you know what, like this isn't, uh, it's not working. Something is not working. And then a part of me was like, Hey, I want to help out, but I also don't, you know, I don't want to, be involved in a non-vegan business because that's sort of completely against everything I'm for. So one day I just told my mom, I was like, listen, um, we need to like, you know, if you want me, we can be partners and I can, we can change everything about the, not everything, but we can uh, turn this around. We can name the cafe something differently. We can change it into a vegan cafe and then I will promote it to my audience. I already have an audience and we can, you know, fully do this as a vegan thing. And then she agreed. And then that's how it started. So that was a few years ago. And so, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it did save the business t- turning it into a vegan cafe because it, it made it something unique and special that people would, you know, come to. And um, so that, you know, that happened. And then, yeah, COVID hit this uh, last year, I guess. And we we did have to shut down at that time initially because of uh, because again we were inside the fitness center, so at that time the fitness center has had to shut down, and then we didn't really even think about oh could we open like it wasn't even, I think we were all in a state of shock. We were just like okay we need to just shut down, so we just shut down for three months, um, and it was you know kind of good because we do have a small cafe. And so it wasn't so much of a huge hit. And obviously our employees couldn't work, but our, um, the Canadian government, we had some, you know, benefits and stuff for the employees, not benefits. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
benefits subsidies or something yeah like subsidies yeah. there you go yes so yeah it was it was okay we we dealt with it and then we reopened in the summer and we've been kind of um now we're doing takeout only and then we're opening for dining again it's been a lot of you know ups and downs but yeah that's kind of the situation and and do you play a, an active operational role or are you more on the strategy and kind of promotional side what what is, what is your day look like in terms of obviously you've got this thriving community with cheap lazy cheap lazy being not sleazy which might have come out <laughs> not sleazy or easy lazy very different um uh yeah but then you've also got a very tangible business mm -hmm. right with like you mm -hmm. know food that goes bad and suppliers and uh, you know like they're so so different and as a a connoisseur of business models and just I have a fascination with with the entrepreneurial journey I'm just so interested like how how do you, how does your day look and how do you mesh those things together yeah I mean I think it depends on a lot of factors I think in the very beginning we it was just me and my mom like we were just running the show and uh it was very crazy and then luckily I think like a month after we we reopened as a vegan cafe. We hired people. Um, I do actually, I do work there actually. Um, not, I try not to work there too much because obviously again, like it's too busy. Like I can't, um, but I do kind of like working there like maybe once or twice a week. Right now I'm going in maybe twice a week. Um, and when I'm there, I'm usually with another, like an employee and then I'll just be on my computer and doing things unless obviously if it gets busy, then I will, um, you know, work um so i do a little bit of both i do try to focus a little more on the strategy side and the managerial side um but yeah i do i do everything it's, again it's a small cafe so um i like knowing that i can do everything because with cafes and you know with businesses i'm sure you know there's you know employees come and go and you kind of i kind of like you know being able to like if somebody leaves tomorrow i, I can go in and do everything you know, I don't want to just be, you know, watching from afar. And then if somebody decides to quit, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You always, always want to be able to step in in that way. So exactly. Um, and, and uh, what is it like to start run <laughs> a business with your mom? <laughs> uh, you know, it's not bad. It's uh, again, because I think we like keeping it small. That's the thing, <laughs> because it's small, it's less um, stressful. And I think actually one of the things that we discussed was moving into a bigger location. Before COVID happened, we were actually looking into, because um, right now, again, we don't have a, our own storefront, we're inside another building. So that kind of obviously limits our traffic and limits the people that see us. Um, because if you look at us from outside, like most people don't even know we exist. Like, I think a lot of people just know through social media and um, you know, internet. Uh, but if you were to walk by, you, it's kind of hard to tell. And so we were looking at, you know, different locations. And luckily for us, we didn't uh, move because then COVID happened and our rent would have been a lot higher if we had moved into our own storefront. So it was kind of like a weird blessing in disguise. But um, no, um, you know, me and my mom, we get along for the most part. And we, you know, I, she kind of does more of the, you know, the hands-on cooking stuff, prepping and helping with that kind of thing. And I do more of the, you know, if we, we need to hire people, if we need to do, I do the scheduling, I do the payroll, I do like th those kinds of things. 
So we take on different responsibilities. So yeah, it works. It works. Uh, yeah. Well, I have to also imagine that at least for me, right. Whenever I arrive at a new town, you know, I just go to whatever Google maps or Apple maps or, you know, happy cow or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and like you just search vegan restaurant and I'm sure a lot of people, so they find exactly. it that way. It, it must be a blessing in disguise. Um, assuming that we come out of COVID in the next six to 12 months, sure. maybe sooner, um, knowing what you know now and, you know, uh, between the, the different types of your businesses, uh, would you want to expand? Would you get a big oh, brick gosh. and mortar space? Like, cause to me, a restaurant is, is it's kind of like almost a, a hotel. Um, but a restaurant, you know, is such a cool business, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. Maybe one of the hardest, Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to uh, have a partner with TK Pillen, who is the founder of Veggie Grill, the largest vegan oh, nice. restaurant chain in, in the U S and I mean, what he has fought through, you know, to try to keep on, um, you know, employees and keep open restaurants through COVID. I mean, it's just incredible. So, you know, my heart goes out to any restaurateur who's doing that. But still, to me, I look at it and I say, like, it's such a cool business because it is so tangible, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, um, like our, our, you know, with, with Nomad Athlete, we're so blessed to have this global community but like we very rarely get to like actually see and sit down and talk to somebody even pre-covid right like it's right it's so you know we we're just trying to put out you know uh information that helps people and like you know it become you know but a restaurant i mean you, you get to design the space the experience like you're engaging literally sight sound smell taste right like all these sensations it's such a cool business so i'm curious for you with everything you know now <laughs> covid i mean look when covid ends and it will end eventually um yeah. there's going to be a lot of cheap retail spaces and a lot of restaurants that don't survive mm -hmm. so there'll be some opportunities i'm curious now where, where, where is your heart lie are you interested in expanding this I'm torn. Honestly, I'm very torn um, because you're right. It's 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 great to have something tangible because, yeah, I feel the same way with, you know, with YouTube and stuff and with um, online marketing, online business. It's you just don't know what's going to happen. That's another thing. It's like, you know, one day you're relevant. The next day, nobody, you know, knows who you are, like, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, that's another thing that I obviously have to prepare for as well. Like, I don't know. Right. Um, so that's something to think about. I, I'm still torn because obviously I think with, uh, with restaurants, like you mentioned, it's so difficult because it's so expensive to, um, run any sort of brick and mortar business. You have to hire people. Um, you have to make sure you hire the right people. And the more we expand, it becomes more and more complicated. So I'm kind of still, you know, in the, phase of I'm not sure <laughs> exactly. I think I wouldn't be opposed to looking around because like you said, there's definitely, um, unfortunately out of, you know, all the, the business that are closing yet, yeah, there's probably going to be some retail space, spaces that are opening and it's going to be cheaper. And especially where I live here, because again, oil and gas is still a thing. So we have that. It's like a double whammy, you know? Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I'm also not hundred percent, um, 
committed to expanding. I think I would have to find the right people and know that I can actually, you know, hand this off because, you know, my mom is nearing retirement age and I don't want her to take on too, too much, but I also cannot take on so much as well without um, negatively impacting what I'm doing online. So yeah. What do you think? Advice? (laughs) You're a business person. Tell me. (laughs) I don't don't know. I don't know. Maybe... I'll, I'll reflect on that and okay. I'm happy to share my <laughs> I'll thoughts send you an email. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, I, I don't want to go on record advising you one way or the mm. other, then, then you'll be able to point back <laughs> to this video. So as soon as we stop recording, I'll, I'll, sure. I'll give you my reaction now. Um, well, actually, that that's probably, uh, although uh, an undefined future, uh, a good place to, to wrap up. Um, is there anything uh, that that we didn't cover? Any message to leave our audience with today? And if not, um, the best place to find you is on YouTube. Cheap, cheap lazy, yes. vegan. Cheap, not, lazy, not vegan. Easy, not easy. Not easy. <laughs> cheap, lazy, vegan. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, you can find me on Cheap Lazy Vegan uh, YouTube. I also have Instagram. Those are the two places I think I'm most active. Uh, we also I also have a podcast with my friend, which is The Savage Podcast, S-A-V-E-G. We just talk about trending topics. Sometimes veganism gets in there. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And what else? Yeah, that's it. That's, those are the main things, I think. And you have some, some great recipes on your blog yes. as well. Cheap yes. vegan.com if I'm not it's, mistaken. It's the cheap somebody took cheaplazyvegan.com. I'm still so mad about it. So it's uh, the cheaplazyvegan.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the website. I mean, maybe it's free now. I don't know. I haven't looked at the domain thing for a while, but um when I was no making it. No one pays what attention is, what, to URLs anyway. So do they not? Okay. <laughs> no, it's all it's all about the links and, and the SEO and, and all sure. that. So I think I think you're good. Right. Um, so well, it's not cheap lazy vegan.com. Well, is is that your printer? <laughs> I kicked my printer and it's oh. yeah, uh, so I'm I'm gonna get yelled at by Doug for, for the background noises. Uh, <laughs> but um well Rose, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time and have such an amazing story. I uh, would love to do this again. For uh, sure. We'll see where we end up on the restaurant stuff, but but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, the YouTube empire, I'm sure will be in some some really awesome new place in six months. So uh, we'd love to have you back and thank you again for spending your afternoon with us. Thank you for having me.